All right, moving into chapter nine, retailing. We started this chapter with my asking you a question. Think of your favorite retail stores. What do they do to win your ongoing loyalty? And what improvements can they make to better serve you? So what is retailing? It involves the selling of products to consumers for their personal use. Any organization selling to final consumers, manufacturer, wholesaler, retailer, is doing retailing. Total sales, roughly $4 million uh, from roughly uh, 3 trillion businesses in 2017. 30 million employees work in retailing, although it is certainly a area that's under siege uh, there's many different types in fact there's a chart in your powerpoint slides it's good to make yourself acquainted with it that talks about the major types of retailers specialty stores narrow product lines like the body shop department stores several lines like jc penny's bloomingdale's supermarket large low-cost low margin high volume self-service stores such as giant acme convenience stores small stores residential areas often 24 7 high volume turnover items think wawa drugstore prescriptions pharmacies health beauty aids other things cvs and don't forget long uh receipts of products that you purchase Dis uh, discount stores Low margin items, uh, high volume specialty stores. No, it's high volume stores. I think of Walmart. We get hard discount stores like Audi's. That's more restricted mix, but very cheap. Off price retailers such as TJ Maxx. Super stores uh, such as um, uh, category killers such as Jewel Osco overseas, Carrefour in France. They don't really succeeded here in the u.s all superstores that i remember have uh, come and went and lastly catalog stores that's um, you know edge ski bike where specialty items are purchased all these different types of retailers it doesn't matter how the goods are sold or services are sold if it's a person the mail over the phone uh, vending machines it doesn't matter or where they're sold in the store in the street in the consumers homes barbican a professor at penn said retailers have to keep track constantly of customers expectations to make sure they're delivering value up to what is needed because those expectations are constantly changing and increasing as competitors strive to become market leaders we went over her excellent retailing success matrix where she looks at superior competitive advantage through these things product benefits customer experience and to increase the pleasure of shopping and eliminate the pain points while doing that so we have the product branded uh, competitors think nordstrom's they offer branded product superiority uh, high quality items they allow them to get 
more differentiation through the products they offer, more value and more pleasure, and ultimately provide confidence to their segments that the products they're looking for are found in their stores. Think Nordstrom, Saks Fifth Avenue, Best Buy, Kroger, all carrying well-known, well-respected brands. And an interesting uh, piece in the news these days is how Nordstrom's doing a local uh, setup where they're not going to have any merchandise in these stores. They're going to be small, uh, about 1,800 to 2,200 square feet hubs where you can pick up your online orders, get your clothes altered, make appointments, uh, return stuff, as well as drop off your competitors' returns. Success so far shows that these are really doing well. Customers are spending two and a half times more money, an increase of online orders by 30%, a roughly 10% increase of new customers, uh, an 8% increase in revenue. The next would be an experienced enhanced customer uh, experience think Build-A-Bear uh, that's where you have um, a physical store that provides more pleasure more excitement more fun than other retailers can offer think of Whole Foods think of Build-A-Bear Italy and New York Chicago and many other cities uh, Sephora these uh, stores fit this category where the journey is seen not as a chore but as a lifestyle choice so it's high touch social next category is low price you offer operational excellence and as a result can pass that on in cost to uh, your efficiencies uh, think of TJ Maxx um, Costco uh, Walmart Burlington they have uh, operating models where they manage inventory well, keep their overhead down, can eliminate unnecessary immediate steps in the process, and reduce the transaction costs at every step. It shows up in the best pricing. And then the fourth category is one that really Amazon holds by itself, where there's a total comprehensive customer understanding and convenience. Think of all the Amazon businesses that are wrapped together. Amazon Prime, Amazon Alexa, uh, Amazon Video, uh, Kindle. Uh, it, it's quite remarkable uh, that they are the easiest and most convenient way to shop. It is as frictionless an experience as possible. All the pain points get eliminated. And part of that is their fact that they have patented the one touch shopping method only Amazon has it they invented that feature years before e-commerce was a thing and it does require some stress on Amazon to collect capture analyze all the data that their customers give them so they can customize and personalize the experience on the Amazon website and not only the website but as it moves outwards into physical store locations pickups and they're talking about stores where there's no humans it's all cashier cashierless uh, you think of the Amazon Echo platform and how more ordering is being done through that um, and so you know this has impacted retailers who are now moving product benefits to uh, customer confidence are trying to move low-cost 
to showing how much you save, moving experience into fun, 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 moving friction into easy, uh, Amazon, Walmart, Warby Parker, TJ Maxx are combining the strategies, so Amazon's moving uh, from frictionless into low price, Walmart's uh, trying to move in from low price to frictionless, uh, Warby Parker, the great eyeglass uh, retailer, is moving down uh, from their brands that they create into a lower price. TJ Maxx and Costco are trying to move from low price and product brand into experience, into frictionless. Warby Parker uh, is worth noting they've combined this fashion value, uh, customer experience with social responsibility in that every time you buy a pair of glasses, they give a pair away. Uh, you know, designer frames start at $95. It's all free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. Uh, they're building stores in uh, top marketplaces. And half of their business is coming about from fr- friends and uh, family recommendations. Zappos. Zappos came about because Tony Shea realized he couldn't find the sneakers he was looking for at the mall. The airwalks were nowhere to be found. So he wanted a way to, that you could get any sneaker you want. And Zappos was that way. Hit a billion in 2008, 2009. Fortune's top 100 companies to work for. In the 2000s, they took control over the experience away from distribution partners. So they uh, gave up 25% of uh, that. And they were purchased by Amazon for $1.2 billion with the agreement that Amazon would not change the way they do business. Dick Sporting Goods started in 1948 as a single bait and tackle shop in Birmingham. Now they're the largest U.S. full-line service goods retailer. 850 stores, 47 states. Did almost $9 billion in 2017. Uh, they stopped selling assault rifles in 2018. Stopped selling guns in March of this year. Cost them at least $150 million and their president said they'd do it all again. Sometimes companies need to take a stand. Their interactive features in their stores include uh, an indoor range where you could try the golf clubs out. You could uh, test shoes on an indoor track. You could shoot bows and arrows in the archery range. And a smart thing they did was uh, getting involved with schools and teams on every season starts at Dick's. Look at Sears. One time they were the juggernaut, the classic American retailer, mail order business moving into its own stores and brands, but they lost their way, disorganized sales racks, inattentive sales associates, stores in total disrepair. Think of the six to eight dollars per square foot target pays to keep their stores maintained and repaired compared to the two to three dollars that Sears pays. They got High. They were second to Walmart for the lowest customer satisfaction score in 2017. It's highly doubtful Sears will ever be profitable again. Lumber liquidators, that's another one that's uh, teetering on failure. Largest hardware flooring specialty retailer in the U.S. 375 stores, online catalogs, uh, hard catalogs that you can pick up in their stores. Uh, what they are, you buy the excess wood. Uh, they buy the wood from lumber mills and discounts uh, stores. 
and they stock over 350 types of flooring similar to what a a Home Depot or a Lowe's stocks. What Lumber Liquidators has to their advantage is they know their customers. They know when they get requests for samples, a sale is likely to happen within a month's time. They know that uh, renovations in a home happen one room at a time, not total house. They're located in Malvern if you want to stop in and see one. GameStop, uh, roughly 8,000 outlets in malls, shopping centers across the country. Staffed by hardcore gamers that know the games and can talk them out. Trade in policy where they gave you credit from old games to buy new games. And they had a great uh, loyalty program with over 25 million customers signed up and active. And those that were really active got a power-ups reward program. Um, But they're uh, in trouble. You know, online game services like Xbox and PlayStation are on the rise. Physical game media is dying. The buyout died. So I don't know if we'll see GameStop in the future, 10 years from today. Payless went out of business. 63-year-old discount shoe retailer joining Radio Shack, American Apparel, Jimboree, Toys R Us, and Forever 21 bit the dust this year. Bloomberg said, The retail apocalypse continues. Their words, largest, latest big retailer to collapse in the face of high rents and heavy competition. But benefits to, to suppliers, retailers get us out to the, our target market. They build demand through their promotions. They will provide uh, feedback to their suppliers, to consumers. It's one way to purchase lots of products in one spot. Oftentimes, retailers uh, have products that you can't get direct. And uh, you want to buy uh, one or two, not a whole truckload of them. So in the uh, chapter, in the book, I recommend you go look at the different formats and all the different impacts that are retailed from all the different types um, of markets. I'm not going to go over those here. Um, Pretty much uh, read on your own. But I want you to become acquainted with these different types of retailers and resellers out there. Because they do help build traffic and uh, keep uh, companies strong, even though this se- they're under siege. Uh, uh, retailers are having some issues, as we've talked already in this podcast. Keeping pace with technology is a challenge. Finding good locations, as you know, location, location, location is everything with retail as well as making sure your customers are satisfied. Um, that's really important. So that covers our chapter on retailing. We're going to deal with wholesaling next. Thanks. Thanks.